It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. It's Fabian Zetterman stepping out there. If he can score here, the Sharks will win this game. So far this year, he is 0 for 2 in the shootout. He should just He's copy due. what Logan Couture just did. He's Let's see, see if he does. He's got a goal today, too. Stick handles in, coming in wide, moving it, deking it, shooting it, star! Fabian Zetterlund gets the victory for the Sharks in the shootout in Los Angeles. The final score will be the Sharks four and the Kings three, and check out the celebration. The Sharks go straight to Capo Kekkonen. What a goaltending performance he had, and a big gaggle of players right in front of the Sharks' goal, celebrating this very important road victory against the Kings. Yeah, it was a gritty win, and it kind of, listen, obviously we went down to 5D there, and you could see our D getting tired, and they, you know, they turned it up a little bit there in the third and turned it in the second, um, but we just kept battling and competing, and, you know, I give our D core a ton of credit, you know, they turned it up, and we answered, had some answers, and big goal by Bailey, obviously unfortunate the way the third goal went in for them, and then, uh, you know, we survived overtime, you know, they had some puck possession, and you know, Cooch falls and they got two great chances and they had four on, out there for a split second and took advantage of that. But, you know, just a real gutsy win coming in here and, you know, playing the way we did. Got off to a little bit of a tough start. Though we had a great second period. And then, you know, they got that goal the last three or four minutes. They took the play to us and, you know, just, uh, just a gutsy, gutsy win. All right. Good morning, everyone. The San Jose Sharks back-to-back wins Unsurprisingly, this comes in unison with Logan Couture returning to the lineup and Nico Sturm returning to the lineup. And it shouldn't be that surprising that the Sharks, when they have some of their talent back, are able to beat even a good team like the LA Kings. Although the LA Kings, up to this point of the year, there is something going on with them on their own ice. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why they are such a better team when they are on the road as opposed to being um, in their own house. But right now, the LA Kings, they are 8-8-6 eight, eight, and six at home. And yes, they did pick up a point last night, and they are now tied for points with Edmonton, who has won 13 in a row. But the Kings, in their last 10 games, 2-4-4, four, and four, whereas the Sharks have been better than the Kings in their last uh, 10 games, 3-6-1. and one. And in fact, the Sharks are at another point in their last six where there are three, two, and one, and coming home. And this is a similar situation to where they were in after their road trip earlier in the year at the end of November and into early December when they went three, two, and one on the road and then came home and beat Winnipeg for a four, two, and one seven game stretch. Unfortunately, at that point, they then went into a 12 game losing streak. So we will try to avoid that up to this point. But I mean, my first reaction is what a game. 
mean, what an absolutely entertaining game. And we saw that the Sharks against the Kings earlier this year had not been able to find uh, very much success. The Kings um, obviously are not playing as well as they were earlier this year. But, you know, the Sharks last night played a very, very gritty game. And the first period, especially the first 13 minutes or so, was absolutely wide open. And you could see just the back and forth opportunities and Kapokakin in particularly in that first period was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, there was just no way to overlook Kapokakinen's contribution to that game. And I think one of the most important things for people to recognize with the Sharks goalies this year is how much better they have been in terms of their performances as opposed to what their numbers really display them as having. Because the numbers, this is where it lies, because the Sharks have been particularly terrible at times in front of them, and so it gives you kind of a skewed viewpoint on how good they have actually been. Now, I'm not saying that Kapokakinen and Mackenzie Black would have been 100% perfect all year long, but there have been many games like last night where the goalie has stood on their head only to receive no defensive support, A, and then B, more glaringly, no offensive support. But the Sharks, by being able to bolster Capo's performance in that first period in particular, by scoring two goals into the second period and giving him some breathing room, giving themselves as a team some breathing room, even though L.A. was able to fight back and able to get themselves back into the game, it did allow the Sharks, I think, A, just to relax a little bit more out there in the ice and not pay, play a panicked game. I think one of the things that we talk about all year long is how important it is to not be chasing a game, and I 1,000% believe that. Even if the Kings were able to continue to fight and get their way back into the game, the Sharks never fell behind, which is a big, big factor of being able to A, take it to overtime, and then B, able to get that win in the shootout. But, you know, that just shows you how important it is to be able to control certain aspects of the game. Even though L.A. was get, getting more shots off than San Jose, I still thought that the Sharks did a very good job in managing the game. And, you know, you watch the players that were contributing in this game. Fabian Zetterland, uh, just a huge, huge first goal to open things up for San Jose. He's been so good this year. He continues to get better and better. I think watching the evolution of his game is a big, big part of um, what the future is going to hold for the San Jose Sharks. But then you get William Eklund, who had maybe his best game of the year in terms of his overall jump, in terms of his overall um, just play out there. I mean, I know there's games where he's had higher point totals, but he was really, really good last night right from the get-go. He was dangerous. He was creating opportunities. He was just overall looking exactly like the William Eklund we know he's capable of being. And it's funny because I've seen some stuff on social and on the subreddit where people are asking, you know, what's going on with William Eklund? Is he not as good as we thought he was going to be? And, and on and on and so forth. But when I watch William Eklund play, I see a player that has a fantastic amount of ability. It's just that he's very, very young and the surrounding cast on the Sharks are at a level right now where they're not always going to be in a place where they're able to take full advantage of situations. And so sometimes the deficiencies in everyone's game become that much more glaring. But even though it is a steep learning curve for a lot of the young Sharks right now, in particular a guy like William Eklund, when he does have these really, really good games, you see the flashes, you see the potential, you see what the future holds from him. And, uh, you know, just watching him play that game last night um, just was absolutely phenomenal. You got the goal from Zetterland to open it up. Then you get William Eklund with a great snipe to give yourselves the 2-0 lead. Now, at this point, you start entering the Mario Ferraro injury. 
Long head man feet up the right. Bailey across the line. He's got Zadina breaking for the goal, but England blocked it with a stick. And so Zadina's got to get it behind the net, feeding it for Bailey. Knocked down there by England. It could have been a penalty, but it probably wasn't. Just an accident. So it'll be Ferraro at center getting it back. Bailey to Zadina. Took it off the skate behind the back pass. Looking for Ferraro. I don't think Mario expected that. We got told him oh the back there, too. Ferraro going into the corner gets absolutely throttled. And he is getting up. He is in a, a tremendous hurt. amount of pain. The Sharks working it free now. Carpenter at the near side. Ferraro trying to make his way back to the bench. And he's there. And the Kings will finally take over. And they finally get a whistle on the play. Going to be a penalty coming up here. But it's not on the Ferraro hit. It's on something else. Boy, Mario Ferraro got absolutely throttled in the corner. And I'm not sure who did that. Was that Spence that hit him? I don't I couldn't tell. I it, was, it was over like off Mario's, to the left. Mario's going to the dressing room right away. It did not surprise me that at that point the Kings were able to reestablish their game and if you needed an uh, indication of how impactful Ferraro has been over the course of the entire season, that was it right there. Ferraro goes down and that was, um, you know, with about seven minutes left to go in the second period and then the Kings came roaring back to life and again, it's not a one-man game but you can definitely feel the impact that one man can make. Trevor Moore is able to get a uh, goal for L.A. a few minutes after that to make it 2-1. And then, uh, obviously, uh, early in the third period, uh, after Mario Ferraro came out and skated and tried to give it a go at the second intermission, then you, Quentin Byfeld gives them the game-tying goal. And then Justin Bailey comes through with a huge, huge moment. Justin Bailey with an absolutely phenomenal goal, watching him just have that off the faceoff, gets his speed and uses it, puts it to work, gives the Sharks a big 3-2 lead. Off the faceoff, Kings have the puck, 2-2 the score. That's for LaFerrier, forced by Burroughs to give it away. Carpenter, lead pass with speed. Bailey moves in, shoots, and he scores! Justin Bailey, what a great use of his great legs, right up the middle of the ice, and he snaps one right for Riddick to put the Sharks in front, 3-2 at 6-19 of the third. Big plays, win games, and that's a big, big play for Mr. Justin Bailey, another one of those guys who came in in training camp, had a good camp, just like Ryan Carpenter, both of them coming up from the CUDA at different points of this year and have been able to stick around and have not backed off. They've been contributing all year long and continue to do so. And so Bailey last night giving the Sharks that goal, that was a huge, huge moment. Now, obviously, the Sharks' work was not done. They had to hold on, and it was the LA Kings who were able to find that game-tying goal late in the game. So, you know, that was a tough moment for the Sharks, but still, they did not let it break them. And this is one of those games that you look at and you think to yourself, maybe the Sharks are not able to get a win like this earlier in the season where if the momentum had swung back to L.A. after being up 2-0 and giving up two goals to make it a 2-2 game, you don't know that the Sharks have the ability to battle back and take the lead once again. And these are the kind of things that you look for, the growth amidst the, you know, just unfortunate amounts of losing for lack of a better term but still the Sharks were able to handle the game they managed the game better than they have at different points of the season and they gave themselves the opportunity and yes you can let a game tying goal deflate you but instead the Sharks were able to manage themselves in overtime even though they didn't get some great looks um, they still were able to hold off the Kings and get it to a shootout and I think that for the Sharks the longer you can keep a game tied on the road, the greater chance you have of getting yourself a win when all is said and done. Now, obviously, 
You would have loved to have gotten it done in overtime, but still, the Sharks go to the shootout. They were able to get, you know, nice strikes from Fabian Zetterland after Logan Couture. You know, Kapo Kakinen does his job on the other side, and the San Jose Sharks are able to get a big two points in L.A. And, you know, for the Sharks amidst that losing streak, it was tough. Nobody was saying that it was anything but that, but, you know, now they find themselves, I think, in a much more, I don't think comfortable is the right term, um, but they are 28 points now on the year. They are three back of Anaheim, who they just beat, and they're only two back of Chicago. And listen, I know everybody wants the Sharks to have a much higher level of performance to be you know that much better of a team, but that's easier said than done, I like to point out. And the fact of the matter is, you need to have some wins in there. You don't want to go out there and you know try and fight your way back into the playoffs. At this point, I think that's fool's gold, and it's more beneficial for the Sharks to have a high-level pick in the upcoming draft and have the most balls in the hopper as possible. But for team morale, for the fans, for everybody else, getting these wins, having Logan Couture, your captain, back out there, these are just big, big things for the franchise at this point in what has been a a difficult year. And we know that the losing was wearing on these guys. They've had you know the 11-game winless streak to start the season, followed that up with a 12-game losing streak. Hopefully now they can pepper in more wins. And I think that it's important also to go into the All-Star break with a little bit of momentum because they've got four games left now. They've got New York tonight at home, which I would think that even though on the second out of a back-to-back, Sharks are probably feeling pretty good about themselves. Get a few days off, and then they host Buffalo on Saturday afternoon. And then they're going to be hosting Seattle on Tuesday night before they go to Anaheim on Wednesday night. And then you get into the break. So for me, these are huge, huge moments for the Sharks to get a couple more wins before this month does come to a close and they go into the all-star break because I think Buffalo is a beatable team. I think Anaheim is a beatable team. And I think Seattle is a beatable team unless they're, you know, red hot streaking once again because Seattle, you know, they've lost four in a row after they were red hot. And I believe they won what, eight or nine in a row. And you know, they are 6-4-0 and oh in their last 10, but, you know, they are not the team they were a couple of weeks ago. So for the Sharks, I think they've got some winnable opportunities here, and I don't expect them to win them all by any means, but you want to give yourself a chance to win. You want to give yourself those chances to get wins in front of a home crowd, and then I think having a little bit better feeling about yourselves as you go into the trade deadline as well, I think that would serve the Sharks very, very well. Um, the one thing we're waiting to find out now in the next couple of days is just how banged up Mario Ferraro actually is. If I have one negative takeaway from last night, it's that Mario Ferraro was banged up in this game because obviously he went down. The Kings get two on the board. It was no surprise that it happened after his injury. And I was emboldened by the fact that he did come out to try and uh, give it a look for the third period. I think that's relatively encouraging, but you know, it's not good news that he was not able to give it a go, but if he could at least come out there and try, I think that was a good sign. He's a fast healer. We've seen this in the past, so we'll see what he has to bring. This is the view that uh, Dan and Drew had when Mario tried to give it a go at that uh, second intermission. Teams hit the ice for the third period here in Los Angeles with the Sharks leading 2-1. to one. And you want some morale boost? Well, how about this? Mario Ferraro is back on the ice. Fantastic to see that. And he went down. A little collision there in the second period with Trevor Lewis. They got tangled up. He was really shaken up when he went back to the bench. But he gave it a try. Uh-oh, hold on a second. He's on his way back to the locker room now. Yeah, he gave I'm it a try. I don't think he's going to make it. 
Well, obviously, that's a, a big loss for the San Jose Sharks. You've got a guy like Mario Ferraro who does so much for the team and has been playing so well. So we're going to be very interested to see the, the deep combinations and how Ryan Rosowski works them for the Sharks. So it was encouraging in the moment to see him give it a try. At least he was willing to try. But now we'll find out here uh, probably later today uh, whether or not obviously he's going to be able to go tonight and then maybe how much time he might miss. And that's just been the story of the Sharks' season. Obviously, it seems like every time they are getting somebody back, they are losing somebody as well. I think that you know the fact that Mikhail Granlin's loss coincided with the return of Nico Sturm and Logan Couture uh, just amazing. And then you watch Mario Ferraro go down on top of that. So you get two very important players in Sturm and Couture back. And then on top of that, you pile the losses of Granlund and Ferraro now. So that's just the way it's been for the Sharks up to this point of the season. But like I said, we'll find out more about Ferraro. All right, we are going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into more post-game reaction. You're on Morning Tide presented by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Here come the Sharks, Sturm, lead pass, and Eklund shoots and scores! William Eklund getting the pass from Nico Sturm, and he ends a 17-game goalless drought. It puts the Sharks in front, 2-0, with 10.54 to go in the second. Well, his, right from the get-go, you could tell he was on his game. I thought he really had jump. He was hard. He was making simple plays. He was, you know, I loved his game all the way up till the end there. And uh, great to see him get rewarded from a goal standpoint. But, you know, there was a lot to like about his game. One of those games where we watch the continued growth of William Eklund. Welcome back, everyone. You are on Morning Tide on a Tuesday morning as we look back at the Sharks' 4-3 shootout win over the L.A. Kings last night. And, they don't get much time to rest as they are back at it tonight, hosting the New York Rangers at 7.30 from SAP Center with pregame coverage starting at 7 o'clock right here on the Sharks Audio Network and then pre-pregame coverage starting in the 1 o'clock hour with Sharks Morning Skate with Dan and Drew. And then, of course, I will be with you on the buildup starting at 3.10. And at 3 o'clock, you will have uh, Dan Ruzganowski's Teal Report. And then you'll get uh, an hour of pregame coverage starting at 6.30 with Teal reports followed by the buildup, followed by live pregame coverage at 7, and then, like I said earlier, go time at 7.30. The Sharks on the second night of a back-to-back hosting the New York Rangers. William Eklund, up to this point of the year, 8 goals and 11 assists, 19 points. If we look at that in terms of what he's done previously in his career, I think that's pretty exciting to see him have this because he had 3 points last year in just eight games and then in nine games in 2021 he had four points so for William Eklund he's getting the extended time to be out there on the ice he is learning more about his game and I think that watching him grow 
has been really, really exciting. Also, Fabian Zetterland, watching him getting it done over and over again. Uh, he's got 21 points on the year, 14 goals. If we look at his career, uh, this is obviously a, a career high for him. Uh, last year, he had six goals with New Jersey, didn't have any with the Sharks in 2021. Uh, he had three goals, and then this year he has just rocketed past those numbers, having his best year as a professional. And for me, that is very, very exciting. He is only 24 years old. I think that he has still a lot of growth left in his game. And as the Sharks get better, he's the type of guy who, while he's on pace for mid-20s this year, uh, he could be in the mid-30s later in his career as the Sharks do have more offensive prowess and more talent altogether out there on the ice. So I'm excited for the Sharks to have this success, and I'm also excited for Fabian Zetterland and William Eklund, uh, two of the Lund brothers. They're missing Mikhail right now because he's out injured, but... You know, these are the types of players that you were looking to see take big steps this year. And I think that William Eklund, he's younger, so the growth may not be as um, as obvious to some. But, you know, Fabian Zetterlin in particular just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, I mean, he's played really well. He's had a really good year and just so happy for the kid after what he went through last year. And he's really taken off. That's David Quinn after last night's win. Yeah, Fabian Zetterlin, to be specific, is on pace for 24 0.425 goals on the season so we can round that up to 24.43 goals this year but it is very exciting to watch him have uh, the continued growth and the continued success that we're seeing from him this year more from David Quinn talking about the overall ability of the Sharks uh, defense and giving up so many shots uh, and while Capo Kakna was able to stand tall. Yeah, you don't want to give up that many shots. They shoot pucks a lot. You know, I, the D-zone coverage wasn't great tonight and we've got to tighten some things up in the D zone uh, but you know they're a hard team to defend they're big they got a pretty good size advantage against us from a defending standpoint their forwards are big we don't have a big D course so you know it can be hard for us against them but it was the turnovers I thought that really hurt us where they really took advantage of it in the D zone but uh, you know again you just got to find ways to win and we did tonight and Quinn spoke more specifically to Kakinen. Huge. I mean, you know, your goalie gives, you know, give up a breakaway in the first two minutes. Just a bad read by our forward covering for our D. We just dive in and just reckless, mindless things that, you know, give up a breakaway and then another two-on-one. And, and then we settled down, I thought, for the period. And it was shots were like 6-6. Six, six. I thought the period kind of evened out. And then the last three or four, they kind of took it to us. So, uh, but he was huge tonight. And more from Quinn talking about how his team adjusted from the first to the second. Well, I just thought we fueled their offense. The first five chances were off the rush, just, you know, mindless plays and turnovers and just didn't really, you know, we were chasing the puck too much. And then I thought we did a much better job of playing structured hockey and playing off each other and having five guys involved. So, you know, we just kind of changed our mindset a little bit and, you know, took advantage of being structured and competing and, you know, like you said, it was a really good second period until Mario got hurt and then the last three or four minutes there. And then specific to Ferraro, this is what head coach David Quinn had to say uh, in the exchange with Sheng Peng when asked about the injury. So I'll let you hear the entire exchange. First, he was asked about his status, to which David Quinn started out with this. Yeah, not sure yet. Is it a good sign that he was able to kind of, uh, after the intermission, uh, get out there and skate a little bit? Before he... Yeah, it is, but he's, he's going to be out, I think, for a couple couple games. So that's not the most encouraging news I have ever heard, but like I said earlier, I am not going to be surprised if Mario Ferraro does surprise us by being back sooner than we anticipate. Uh, we'll obviously know more later today. Check back to the buildup or Dan Rusinowski's Teal Report or Dan and Drew's Morning Skate to find out the latest on Mario Ferraro. 
Fabian Zetterland opened the scoring in last night's game. There's Hoffman, throws to the middle of the point. Ferraro, I make that Couture. No, it is Ferraro. Moves it off to his left. Cross ice. Now it's taken by Hoffman. Hoffman winds up, shoots it toward the net. Score! Zetterland in front of the net, chops it toward the goal, and it gets by Riddick in a delayed penalty. The Sharks take the 1-0 lead. And he spoke with the media after the big win. Yeah, uh, huge. Uh, it's fun to, fun to win, you know, especially back-to-backs. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think we played a, a really solid game, you know, uh, in both ends. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to stick to it uh, tomorrow. You know? And the fun thing about hearing the Sharks after wins is they are few and far between this year. You can hear the happiness in Zetterlund's voice. You can hear the fact that it means something to them. And that's not to say that other teams in the NHL don't derive happiness or excitement from wins. But for the Sharks, getting back-to-back to wins... That isn't something that's happened nearly frequently enough this year, and I think that it probably weighs on them. And so when they do get these consecutive wins, they're feeling good, even if it is in a back-to-back situation. They've got Captain Logan Couture back. They've got Nico Sturm back. They've got goals from their young and upcoming player like a uh, Fabian Zetterlin and a William Eklund. I mean, they, they feel good. I think that was important to hear after this one. Jan Ruda weighed in on how important it has been to have Logan Couture back for the Sharks. Yeah, as you said, like his presence, it's uh, it's so so big and so huge to have him in the locker room. Just as you said, the presence, the experience, confidence. You know, uh, of course, him as being a center, like that helps on the ice very very much. So you know, pretty much everything. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty good to have him back. And Ruta talked about the Sharks' young Henry Thrunt, who continues to improve. Uh, you know, just just his confidence, puck play. Uh, you know, I think he's more poised on the puck. Uh, obviously, he reads the, reads the game really well. He's a good skater. So, you know, uh, if one thing jumps up to me, it's probably it's probably his puck play. How he's uh, he's just more poised with the puck. Obviously, with the injury to Ferraro, we are going to see some adjustments to the lineup unless he does end up playing tonight. But you look at the time on the ice for those defenders last night. Thrun, 25 minutes. You look at Jan Ruda like we were just hearing from him. He played about 26 minutes last night. That is uh, pretty phenomenal. But it does mean we will probably see Kalen Addison back in this game tonight. That would be my guess. I don't know what's going to happen in any way, shape, or form. But... That is my guess as to what is going to happen next for the San Jose Sharks as they try to deal with the impending absence of Mario Ferraro. But this was just a big game for the Sharks across the board. I think it's important for them to get wins in general. Yes, I know we want as many balls in the hopper, but I look back at the overall confidence, the overall just vibe of the team, and you can see how much easier it is for all those guys um, when they're winning, like they have now done, three out of their last six, three, two, and one. That is a huge difference compared with losing 12 in a row. And I I know the question has been asked of, well, can they turn a corner? Can they turn this into a uh, more sustainable style of play? I have absolutely no idea because the Sharks have not proven that up to this point of the year. I would not expect them to go on a surge in any way, but I do think more important than anything else, you have to get rewarded for those efforts. The Sharks in the game against Anaheim, they worked hard. They got a good performance from their goalie. They got their offense rolling. And this one, they go out on the road against a really good team against LA. Even if LA is not as good at home as they are on the road, still a very good team. A slump like the Kings have been in the midst of does not invalidate everything that you are capable of and everything that you've done up to that point of the season. So for the Sharks to go into L.A. and get a win, it's a big, big one. And then now they've got a quick turnaround taking on the Rangers tonight. 
I mean, the Rangers have continued to have another very good season. They're 29, 15, and 2. And looking at their away record, they are 14, 9, and 2. So they've not been playing great hockey as of late, only 4, 5, and 1 in their last 10. But I am definitely going to be looking at New York to present a stiff challenge for the Sharks tonight, especially if they do not have Mario Ferraro. Um, we don't know yet his status. Like I said, we will find out hopefully later today and check in for the buildup. Uh, morning skate with Dan and Drew and Dan's Teal Report to figure out what's going on. Just taking a look at some of the other scores last night. The Canucks blanked the Blackhawks 2-0. Coyotes all over the Penguins 5-2. Panthers go into Nashville and beat the Predators 4-1. The Bruins down the Red Hot Jets 4-1. In Jersey, the Devils got an overtime 6-5 win over the Golden Knights. Coming up today at 4 o'clock, the Red Wings host Dallas. Montreal hosts Ottawa. The Lightning visit the Flyers. Then at 4.30, the Islanders play host to the Golden Knights. At 5, the Caps visit Minnesota. At 6, the Flames host the Blues. And the Blue Jackets visit the Oilers. At 7, Buffalo is in Anaheim taking on the Ducks. And of course, at 7.30, the San Jose Sharks are playing host to the New York Rangers. A little bit later this afternoon on the buildup, we will talk about that upcoming game against the Rangers, so tune in. You can find that podcast on the Sharks Hockey Digest podcast and uh, listen to all episodes of the buildup, as well as Dan Andrews' morning skate and Teal Report with Dan Rusinowski. We are just about out of time, but be sure to join us at 7 o'clock tonight as we have live pregame coverage ahead of the Sharks showdown with the New York Rangers. Rangers from SAP Center. I'll see y'all out of the tank, everyone. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Off the draw, Sharks jump into the LA zone, and there's Brant Clark back behind his net, bodied up there by Logan Couture. He gets the pass ahead. It's going to be a breakaway. 2 on 0. Moving in, it's Dano. The shot save made. Oh, great stop by Kakinen. And the rebound, the other player off ice. Gavrikov couldn't get a stick on it. It jumped right over. What a chance for the Sharks. And now another one for the Kings. Side of the net. It's saved away by Kakinen off of Moore on the left wing side, as this Dano line is really going for it. Down the right side, streaks Dowdy into the Sharks zone. Losing his helmet on the play there was Philip Sedina. Kings will have a chance here as Dano in front of the net. The poke on that save made. Another stop by Kakinen. First off Moore, then off Fiala. Fiala gets the rebound, left circle, shot, save made by Kakinen. Spectacular goaltending by Capo, as now there's 20 seconds left in the first period. 